Hello and welcome back to the Firestarters Podcast. I'm Colin, here with Joe. Happy National Tight End Day. Today, we've got a Week 7 review. Let's chop it up. Welcome to episode 16 of the Firestarters Podcast. It is Monday, October 25th, 7.31 p.m., about five minutes into Monday Night Football. Joe, what'd it do? I'm still trying to figure out what an atmospheric river is, or if bomb cyclone can even be be said on a football (laughs) broadcast. I heard that too. I heard atmospheric river, and I was like, "What in the world is that?" Yeah. I, just, I just imagine looking up and like you see, you see a river in the sky. <laughs> yeah. See bird, well, birds, birds up there swimming. They just they just be making you know shit up these days. I swear to God, it's like Finding Nemo. You know, you live on the ocean floor and you look up and you see the the turtles swimming through the through the stream. <laughs> Hitting the, the old currents. Yep. Anyways. Ugh. We had some pretty awful games all around this weekend. Only sure one did. game was relatively close, being the Falcons and the Dolphins. A lot of classic Falconism and Dolphinism in that game, too. So, But that didn't take away from... It being mildly entertaining, it was the week of Bipocalypse. We had no Steelers, Cowboys, Bills, Vikings, Chargers, or Jaguars. A lot of fantasy relevance all throughout those six teams. But nevertheless, we got to talk about the games we had. Starting out with one of the most stinky of them all. Being the Denver Broncos and the Cleveland Browns. Denver loses 14-17 to against basically a bunch of skeletons and guys off the street. Our guy Dernest Johnson with a massive game. A great story. 22 carries, 146 yards, one touchdown. It's Cleveland running scheme. You just throw anybody back there, and they're good for 100 yards. Seems very similar to the uh, 49ers run scheme. That's that's <laughs> all I got. I mean, the Broncos pretty much flat out suck. Teddy Bridgewater is not a long-term solution anywhere at quarterback, it seems like. When you've got all those weapons, and you can't put up more than 14 points, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. This was a pretty gross game in general. I mean, the one bright spot being Darius Johnson, obviously the kind of waiver darling of the week. We had a little bit of a situation in our league where somebody yeah. dropped him on Wednesday, and we have two day waivers, so nobody could pick him up. So he was just sitting there with his twenty five PPR points, and nobody to benefit from it. But yeah, all around, I mean, Sutton was the only receiver to break double digits. Uh, Javante had a pretty solid game because he had six receptions and a touchdown. 
But outside of that, yeah, pretty pretty disgusting game. <laughs> it was it was ugly. And again, Melvin Gordon keeps hanging around. <laughs> they continue to split the time. Like a bad smell. Um, Just won't go away. Shout out to Kendall Hinton. Oh, <laughs> Still. What a story. Tim Patrick, Tim Patrick, vastly he's, underwhelmed compared yeah. to usual because he's usually a nice, consistent like six receptions for you know fifty eight yards, and so you get that like eleven, but nah, not not this time. Only only five targets, two receptions, and sixteen yards. So Sutton though, still a bright spot, five receptions, sixty eight yards. So. Solid outing from from Sutton, even though Teddy Bridgewater has been pretty bad. Then no offense, still modest, you know, good on the reception end, bad on the yardage end. I mean, Teddy only threw for 187, so you can't expect much else anywhere on this team. The Broncos started out 3-0, and and they are 0-4 since because they are no longer playing teams like the Jets and the Texans. So let's well, move on. Yeah, let's move on. I, that, that, was a, that was a gross game. We, I, we don't need to talk about that. The first of many gross games that will be pretty short. Uh, but the next game. At least, at least the other shitty games had, like, decent scoring. Like... This, um, this game, nobody even scored. There, four games, <laughs> uh, four teams put up less than six points. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll, hold we'll get it. to those. We'll, we'll get to we'll those. But one game that was thought to be really good and was really good in the first half, and then the Ravens secondary just forgot that it's not two-hand touch out there, and you actually got to, you know, wrap a guy up and bring him to the ground. Mm. But the Cincinnati Bengals go into Baltimore and blow the doors off the Ravens. 41-17. to Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are easily a top-three quarterback-wide receiver combination. Mm. Uh, Burrow, 22 for 38, 416 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. And then Jamar Chase... Eight catches, 201 yards, one touchdown. He had the bomb, the absolutely massive play. And then, you know, for a little national tight end day seasoning, you had the C.J. Uzoma, three catches, 92 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. These Bengals are for real. Yeah, these the Bengals are nasty. I mean, Jamar Chase... If nothing else, just proves that the daily news cycle in August and September is just completely irrelevant. Just because, looking for stories. Yeah, everybody's just looking for a nugget from a local reporter to run on first take all day. And so they say Jamar Chase had four drops in practice three days in a row. And they run with that, and then people actually start to believe it because it runs constantly. And now he's one of the best wide receivers in football and is having a top two or three rookie season of all time. And so, 
this yeah this burrow chase connection is disgusting i mean jamar chase was one of the best wide receiver prospects we've ever we've ever seen so i'm not that surprised honestly he should have been going 102 at the lowest just because Najee harris but Mm -hmm. jamar chase yeah this is exactly the best case scenario for jamar chase and we had the justin jefferson season last year absolutely fantastic yeah and then it's like well guess what jamar chase was better than justin jefferson at lsu absolutely and now he's like hey let me one up you real quick (laughs) with my rookie season yeah i'm about to be nice this guy's he's just a flat out football player and yeah, I, he had that. He had that one where he caught the slant in the middle of like four people, and he's just like, "I'm gonna bring this one to the crib, <laughs> just so y'all know. <laughs> Be easy." <laughs> it just goes. Oh man, just the big playability. The rack is disgusting. I mean, it's he's not even getting separation because of his routes. He's either just getting behind defenses or he's just outrunning people. Mm-hmm. And it's it's exactly what we expected. It's exactly what we wanted. Everything's translating. It's beautiful to watch. And then what's also nice to see, T. Higgins with 15 targets. Uh, only reeled in seven of them, but you'll love to see that. You just love to see Joe Burrow sling the pigskin. Um, On the other side, Lamar played all right. Uh, He didn't have those heroics that he had against the Colts and the Chiefs in this game. Uh, Hollywood's seen 14 targets. It seems like once a game he's getting an absolute bomb just dropped into his hands by Lamar. It just comes down to whether he will catch it or not. And another thing on the Ravens, it looks like with Bateman coming into the offense, it's really not going to affect Hollywood's production. Uh, I think the players are different enough with Bateman being the possession receiver. He's going to work the shorter routes. He's going to be working the sticks. And then Hollywood, more of this field stretcher. Uh, They don't really have anyone else other than Devin Duvernay on this team that's got the speed that Hollywood has. So it's looking like these guys will be able to coexist in this offense, especially with Sammy Watkins being down that like if you can go and get either one of them, I think it's going to be a good move for your team. Agreed. Bateman just kind of slots right into this offense. Exactly. The kind of guy that, that Lamar needs to be that short intermediate while Hollywood stretches the field. Now, it probably should be a little more of the other way around when it comes to targets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because Lamar- Hollywood getting 14 targets is wild. Lamar wants to throw <laughs> six to seven 40-yard passes a game down the field and see how many uh, Marquise can reel in. Well, he's got to throw seven because Hollywood's going to drop five of them. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> but... No, I I feel like as Bateman just gets more involved with this offense, it'll just look better and better because this is the kind of guy that they've been missing 
And then Mark Andrews did not participate in National Tight End Day, unfortunately. Yeah, hate only th- three receptions, forty-eight yards, and a tu- or, and a fumble, not a touchdown. Oh. Uh, but yeah, so Bateman might be eating into that workload a little bit. I think that's where it's going to get pulled from more. But I think if if those fourteen targets to Hollywood kind of get distributed a little more evenly. You could be seeing produ- production out of all three of those guys, Hollywood, Bateman, and Mark Andrews. Yeah, especially if Lamar's throwing it like 30 to 35 times a game and you even that spread out between these three guys. You know the running backs aren't going to get targets. They'll probably on most occasions aren't going to get more than five as a collective. They, and shouldn't, then, they shouldn't even – Put a running back out there. Well, let's I mean, just go y- y- no zero RB in real life. No. <laughs> Why not though? Because this team had the the record of most hundred yard games rushing <laughs> Good for them. So uh, Lamar Jackson had eighty eight himself. He can he can take care of it. Yeah, but he doesn't need to take. Hits. <laughs> I know. He we'll avoids it pretty good, field. but, you know, we don't. <laughs> they'll, they'll just run sweeps. They'll run, they'll run reverses and jet motion. Uh, anyway. anyway. Just, just a take that, that came into my head because all their running backs are awful. I, they just hate Tyson Williams now? Or is that I a guess thing? so. He had a really good week one. <laughs> they just were like, no. It's just a thing of the past. <laughs> we're good. We got – we're going to bring these old – hey, Lev Bell, hey, he was RB1. Devontae Freeman. That's an RB1. I'm waiting for them so. to bring in Todd Gurley, I'm telling you. Or Frank Gore, give him the call. <laughs> Todd Gurley. AP, Frank Gore. <laughs> <laughs> bring all them boys in, you know. Run I'm back still waiting back. for somebody to call up Jay Ajayi. I keep saying it. I, <laughs> I don't know if you can even find him on fantasy football websites. Still, I don't. I don't think he's out there to even pick up as a free agent. <laughs> don't don't test me. No. God. Well, while you're checking that, Ooh, we can move on. Buy this week. <laughs> and every other week. <laughs> anyway, moving on. The Washington football team falls to the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau, 24-10. to uh, Just got the news today that Devontae Adams and defensive coordinator Joe Barry test positive for COVID-19. Huge blow for Green Bay as they head to Arizona for Thursday night football to play the Cardinals. So with that... Uh, we're going to be looking at guys like Alan Lazard and Bobby Tunyon, who both had pretty good games. Tunyon, representing on this national tight end day. Four catches, 63 yards, one touchdown. Then Alan Lazard had basically his own drive. He had five catches, 60 yards, and one touchdown. So he might be looking at wide receiver one duties Thursday night. Uh, you'll probably see Cobb involved more, but... My guess is that they'll try to work the middle of the field with Lazard and Tunyon and then probably split Aaron Jones out a little more wide and give more of the running duties to A.J. Dillon. I I would think so. And 
Devontae Adams isn't ruled out for that Thursday night football game. If he's vaccinated, he can produce two negative tests within 24 hours of each other. And if he's asymptomatic, he can still play. But obviously, that's a lot of if this, then that, if this, then that, if this. So a lot of things have to line up for him to be able to play, but there's still a possibility. So until he tests positive for COVID again, or if he has any symptoms, or if he's unvaccinated, then he won't be playing. And you will be looking at some Lazards, Randall Cobb, like you said, and Big Bobby T. But, yeah, I was I was at this game. Good atmosphere. Washington fans are really nice people. <laughs> They're just all all just happy to be there. There's a lot of them wearing cheese heads. They're just just happy, like, happy to still have a team in town. Yeah, a lot of people were heckling them. They're like, ah, your team doesn't have a name. They're like, yeah, we know. We fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, Packers looked pretty crisp. Uh, Jones, he never really got it going on the ground. Neither did AJ Dillon. Um, Washington's defense is not Washington's secondary is not very good. I was kind of no. trying to watch because I haven't really watched a full Washington game. As we sit in the end zone, so it's a nice kind of yep. look at straight out, straight ahead on the defense. So I was kind of looking at their front seven, and them boys are good. They got through <laughs> quick. <laughs> I mean, you've got. Or Jamar, uh, Chase Young, yes. You got Montez Sweat, Jonathan Matt Ioannidis, Jonathan Allen. I mean, they got just bodies. Yes. Anybody across that D line can make yeah. a dent. Yeah. But the problem is when you got an offense that can just throw the quick hitters and completely eliminate the rush. Yep. Doesn't matter at the end of the day. Yep. But, yeah, and then I was also kind of keeping an eye on Jamin Davis because I haven't watched a whole lot of him. Mm-hmm. He looked pretty good. He was filling a lot of holes. He was cleaning up a lot of junk at the line of scrimmage, which is exactly what you need. I mean, I don't know what kind of stats he's putting up, but he looked he looked like a quality NFL linebacker. And then for the offense, you had Taylor Heineke with the the, the giving himself up. You know, right at the goal line <laughs> on the third down. Weird uh, Against a Packers defense that was 15 for 15 for giving up touchdowns in the red zone. And, of course, this game, they want to stop them four times in the game and not give up a single red zone <laughs> touchdown. So but, no. I mean, Heineke didn't have a bad game. A uh, couple unfortunate, you know, plays, and this is a whole different game we're looking at. I mean, he was really good on the ground, 10 carries for 95 yards. Uh, did have one interception, was it? Yep, did, yep. He had a, a pick in the right then, corner of the end zone where he kind of just threw it right to Chan Sullivan. And yep. then he had the little, like, strip sack. Strip sack. Kind of interception. I don't know if his arm was going forward, but it got caught before it hit the ground anyway. So. Yep. I mean, he hooked up with Scary Terry. Seven times for 122 and a touchdown. It was the only touchdown Washington had on the day. Not a big surprise at going to McLaurin. Ricky Seals-Jones getting it done. RSJ. Six catches, 51 yards. And then just like AJ and uh, Aaron Jones, I mean, Gibson McKissick barely did anything. You know, not big impacts. Gibson does not look like himself. 
with that no. shin injury. He doesn't have any sort of explosion. There's no no quick moves. It's just he's just hitting a hole as hard as he can and hoping he can run over someone. Uh, but he does not look like he's got that breakaway in him right now. Yeah, they should probably rest him, in my opinion. Just give him, like, two weeks off to kind of let it get back to full strength. Because stress fractures can heal rather quickly if you treat them right. But if you're playing on it week after week as kind of a workhorse running back, it's never going to really happen. But Terry had a fantastic game. I mean, as he should because we had Rasul Douglas left early in this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Packers are so thin on corner already with King and Jair out already. I mean, <laughs> when you're trotting out, like, I had to look at the program to find out who one of the guys was. And so that's when you know it's pretty rough. <laughs> yeah, never a good sign when you're thin in the secondary, especially for a team that has a history of kind of getting burned <laughs> in yeah. big games in the secondary. But it's it's always funny to hear what you would assume is casual fans that are kind of at the game are saying about the other team. Yeah. They're like, God, 17 is good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like things that, that we all know as like <laughs> active participants in like fantasy and just Whatever, following the league more regularly. Yeah, and these guys are like sitting here and they're like, "Yeah, Heineke, he's kind of frisky. He's good on his <laughs> good on his feet. He's a good scrambler." Yes, like, yeah, 17's just always open. <laughs> that that's you know, that's the Washington football team for you. There you go. <laughs> 15 and 17's always or uh Four. Heineke's frisky and McLaurin's always open. Yeah, Heineke wearing that four in honor of Brett Favre. Yeah, that that dive play was so weird because it's like it's the same thing that Rodgers got called on in the NFC Championship last year where you're diving for the goal line. Heineke had no reason to dive, first of all. (laughs) But diving into the end zone, and they say you're giving yourself up, which I you're not really because you're like, actively attacking the end zone but i don't know weird rule i think it only i think it only applies to quarterbacks Uh, probably i mean no other position is soft enough to like dive with their shoulder down forward to get extra yards most most other position players would just attack the defender even though when you're out there unless it is like for every single position because like they always say as soon as you leave the pocket, you're a runner, and then you can get hit. But yeah, they, they say that. Anyways, we'll move on to the only competitive game of the <laughs> Sunday slate. In Miami, the Atlanta Falcons drive down, kick game when you field goal, Young Way Koo. They My win guy. 32-28 against the Dolphins. I think this was... The best game of Tua's career so far. Yeah. He was 23 for 40, 291 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, one of them was really bad. He was getting hit from behind, falling forward, kind of whipped it right to Foisad. Uh Thank God they had Jalen Wall because he ran out and tackled <laughs> him. Saved the pick I'm six. i he could tackle Foyasad. He, he went 
right for the ball, which was, like, genius. He Um, must have played corner at some point. I I think he's just really fast, and he's a good football (laughs) player. Yeah, probably. He's he's looking better and better each week. He had seven catches for 83 yards. Uh, Mike Jasicki, national tight end day. Seven catches, 85 yards, one touchdown. He does it every single week. Two is behind the helm. Two just loves him. Uh, Malcolm Brown gets hurt. Uh, I don't know if it was a quad, a thigh, something. But he's landing on IR. So I think we can maybe trust Miles Gaskin for a little more work. He had 15 carries, 67 yards, uh, four catches, 10 yards, and receiving touchdown. And Miami looked a lot better than they've looked in other weeks. It just was their defense that could not stop Kyle Pitts, who had a massive day on this national tight end day. Seven catches. 163 yards. Right before the half, there is 36 seconds to go. Matt Ryan flings one up to him down the left sideline. He sticks that paw out. He's got his right hand being held Mm. behind him, and he just snags one one one-handed to give him a field uh, to help him set up in field goal range to get a field goal right before the half. And then on the final drive of the game, Two huge catches, one across the middle field, and then another one down the sideline, which set up the game-winning field goal. He was just getting these massive chunk yardage plays the entire game. And I think Arthur Smith has finally unlocked Kyle Pitts. It seems that way. I mean, the the underlying numbers have always kind of – shown you that this was on the way he's had at least six targets in what six of his first or five of his first six games and he's had at least eight in four of his first six games so seven four of his first seven games so Kyle Pitts is ridiculous this guy is just Again, like we were talking about with Jamar Chase, who obviously is setting a little better pace than Kyle Pitts, but since, like, week three, he's just been pretty dominant. If he starts putting touchdowns on the board, this is going to be, like, Kyle Pitts is projected to have the greatest tight end season of all time, and... That is what you're looking for when you drafted him in the top four in rookie drafts and you drafted him as the third or fourth tight end in redraft. He is on pace to top 1,000 yards. And so that this is just unheard of for a rookie tight end. Rookie tight ends are not supposed to be good. Tight ends aren't supposed to be good until year three. That's what they always say. But here he is, 163 yards, just two weeks after with a buy in between from a 119 yard game. I, yeah, Kyle Pitts is just generational. I'll throw the word around this whole pod because these guys are, are sick. It We've is, got an incredible rookie class. Yeah. Up and down the board. The, the, 
top the skill end position of this players. class is so nice, and then there's just like sprinkles of talent throughout the rest of it. But then, Cordell Patterson <laughs> is back. <laughs> he took the week off. He's back with 18.4. I don't know if that's true. That's probably not true because uh, kick return yards. But they always get me. But he yeah. had 60 yards on the ground. He had two receptions for one yard. He had a touchdown. Uh, Ridley back in action. He's underneath now yes. because Pitts is intermediate. Russell Gage is running deep. Yep. So Ridley's going to be getting peppered with targets, but might not have the big play upside that he had last year. And then Russell Gage, also back in action, had the bomb that he caught that looked a lot like Calvin Ridley last year. <laughs> it did. It, <laughs> it really did. Oh, which hurt my feelings as a Calvin Ridley guy. But Tua looked great. Miles Gaskin also looked good. I assume you're going to see him be the RB1 like you did last year in this offense. I don't think Ahmed is giving you much because he's last in the league in converting unexpected yards. Just a Ooh. fun fact that I wanted to look up just to kind of see how the league was doing. I was like, oh, what's, what's going on with the expected yards? Derrick Henry mm-hmm. is first. Oh, shocker. It's fun fact. Shocker. Uh, and I was like, ah, I wonder who's last. Yeah, it's Ahmed. So <laughs> I think Gaskin will probably be getting a good amount of work going forward. Yeah, good to see Ridley back in action. Uh, I I don't know what he had going on. I don't think it was ever uh, announced why he missed that London game, whatever the personal reason was. But he he's seen double-digit targets. He's seen double-digit targets in four of the five games he played. And so if they can get in that red zone more often and then utilize Ridley around that goal line, utilize Kyle Pitts around that goal line, Mm-hmm. Hopefully this Atlanta offense starts picking up. Yeah. I mean, in the last three games, they've been putting up, I think, 30-plus points in the last three games. So that's good. Uh, the only, like, downside from this game was Mike Davis. Just uh, four carries for 10 yards. So yep. looks like Cordero's the running back now and they're finally like maybe we can just use him to do that and use Kyle Pitts and Ridley in the (laughs) air and not have Cordero do all of it yeah it seems like they're just this bye week might have just came at the perfect time for them because their offense looked good in London against the Jets, as it should. And then I think just having this whole new system, Matt Ryan running a new system, brand new, could not have been easy. And then this bye week kind of seems like it might have helped them kind of slot everything into their roles. And we might just be seeing improvement after improvement coming forward. At least we can hope. I think that'll be the case. I mean, Arthur Smith was incredible those first years with Tennessee when Tannehill came over. I mean, that offense was clicking the yep. last few years. Um, so 
Looks like he'll be utilizing the receivers more uh, with this Atlanta team. Obviously, they don't have a Derrick Henry like there is in Tennessee. Yeah, they do. Cordero Patterson? Cordero Patterson, baby! <laughs> if Cordero Patterson gets 29 carries in a game... I mean, at least Cordero can catch the ball. I mean, Derrick Henry can catch the ball, <laughs> I'm, too. I'm, I'm, Derrick I'm, Henry I'm, can throw the ball! <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I got some thoughts about that. Now. Uh, we will head to Foxborough, where the New England Patriots... Beat the ever living dog shit out of the Jets, fifty four to thirteen. Uh, Joe Flacco was back in town. Yep. In case you didn't know, uh, for some reason they wanted Joe Flacco instead of a guy like you know Gardner Minshew, who is also on the Eagles, where Flacco got traded from. <laughs> if I'm you didn't good. know, if you didn't know, he started for five games for or played in five games for the Jets last year. So bring a guy that you know we might might know his way around town. Uh, it's not going to help at all. Uh, Zach Wilson is out with a sprained PCL. Hard thing yeah. to sprain. Sounds difficult. But yeah, it's it's commonly called the the dashboard injury because it's uh, generally caused when you have your feet up on your dashboard and you get in a car accident. <laughs> so your your shin kind of pushes back yeah. towards your knee, and then it that backward motion sprains the ligament. So it's. Basically, the opposite of an ACL injury is a PCL injury. Well, the way that this New England defense was hitting Zach Wilson, it's no surprise because he <laughs> damn near got into a car accident during this game. Uh, as, as far as the Patriots, they put up 54 points. They ran all over him. Damian Harris, Brandon Boldham, and J.J. Taylor all had 15-plus PPR points. Uh, Damian Harris, 100 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. Brandon Bolden, big through the air. Uh, six catches, 79 yards, one touchdown, and then J.J. Taylor, uh, nine carries, 21 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. Uh, we had a, there's a little Philly special in the game. Well, not quite the Philly special, but uh, Kendrick Bourne hooking up to Nelson Aguilar uh, down the left sideline for a touchdown. Hunter Henry got in on the action. He got a touchdown. It was just what you expect to see when the Patriots play the Jets, and the Patriots get their first win at home under Mac Jones. And uh, I really don't have anything else to say about this game. I saw a meme of Bill Belichick with a cigar, and it said, Jets existing, (laughs) Bill Belichick, and I took that personally. (laughs) So that's basically what I take away from this game, is that Bill Belichick will always own the New York Jets, just like Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. Uh, I was I was kind of looking at this. I'm like, New England's capable of scoring fifty. That was points. that was my reaction. But I and then I was looking and I'm like, nobody had a lot of fantasy points. Like Damian Harris obviously had a big like breakout game, but if you saw this out of like the Saints, you would assume Alvin Kamara has like forty eight fantasy points. Yeah. If you saw this out of the Packers, you would just assume Devontae Adams had like 45 fantasy points. But they just spread it to every single player on this roster. And, like, I don't know. That's This is just a wild, a wild thing to have Mac Jones facilitating a 54-point outing, <laughs> just in general. And nonetheless, Jacoby Myers doesn't find the end zone. <laughs> yes. So, uh, I had... I was going to get there. 
days since Jacoby Myers <laughs> scored a touchdown. Just went up seven more, unfortunately, for uh, Jacoby. Everybody else on the team scored a touchdown. I, I, Mac Jones had two. Damian Harris had two. Brandon Bolden had one. J.J. Taylor had two. Kendrick Bourne had one. Nelson Aguilar had one. Jacoby Myers had zero. Hunter Henry had one. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's tough. The Patriots defense, two picks, two sacks, a forced fumble with a recovery. It's just a dominating performance against Zach Wilson and Mike White. But the silver lining for the Jets is Michael Carter. Yep. Looked pretty good. I mean, through the air is what you want, and he had eight receptions for 67 yards, 16.4 fantasy points, which is just fine for a flex. If you were struggling in this bipocalypse and you just really needed some production and you started Michael Carter, it paid off for you. Yep. Uh, Elijah Moore, too, uh, came around on the jet sweep, 19-yard touchdown run. That was pretty cool. Yep. Nice to see him getting getting involved as well. But other than that, don't touch any more Jets. No reason. No. Nope. And we can move on to a different dog shit game. The Panthers suck. All right. <laughs> we, can, we can move on to the next game. Well, they have inserted themselves into the Deshaun Watson conversation because they had to bench Sam Darnold, and then P.J. Walker also played like garbage. So... They're like, I'll take the rapist. <laughs> like, they, that's how bad it is in Cal- Carolina right now. I <laughs> okay, ever since Christian McCaffrey went down, this team has been awful. Sam Darnold has been awful. I mean, you go into New York and get outclassed. By Daniel Jones. That's hard to do. Dante Pettis was the leading receiver of this game. Dante Pettis got the Brandon Ayuk treatment before the Brandon Ayuk treatment existed. Well, we'll, we'll get to that one. <laughs> and so, yeah, this was just pretty gross game all around. Evan Ingram tried to get involved in National Tight End Day, but, you know, not quite. Got got that ten, cool ten, reasonable, yeah. reasonable ten. You know, streaming option, not horrible. But Carolina's banking on Stephon Gilmore coming and making a huge difference for this defense because they need every bit of it because their offense can't do anything. Well, I hope he can throw the ball for him. <sighs> well, a guy who makes a huge difference and can't throw a ball, Derrick Henry. On the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> what can't this man... Just solidifying his MVP case. Yeah. I mean, he he must have been looking at the history of the MVPs. He's like, God. A lot of these guys have something in common. I need more passing touchdowns. <laughs> I need more passing touchdowns. This is a quarterback. This is a quarterback award. I mean, let me... He said, hey. Hey, Ryan. Let me, let me get this one. <laughs> you, you know what? They re-showed it, and Tannehill's wide open on the left <laughs> sideline. And he was, you think he doesn't like Tannehill? Well, I'm, I'm just saying. 
He he made the harder throw. Derrick Henry he can do it all. Prove it. He can do it all. He can do it all. There's nothing that like if you're like oh Derrick Henry, he no he can do that. No, Derrick, no he can play linebacker. Derrick, no no he can play D end. Yeah. Imagine him playing D end. That'd be <laughs> scary. But Derrick Henry, the thing that makes him the scariest is have like have you ever seen the like pictures of him running and his eyes are like the size of dinner plates just like he wide doesn't open? blink. Yeah, so he gets the ball and I think he just looks at the goalpost. He's like, <laughs> and, yeah, and he just I'm runs going there. The I'm going there. And he's like cuz it's not like he's sitting there and like saucing people up. No, he don't dance. <laughs> he's not taking them off the dribble. He's like, "No, nah, I'm going to the rack." All right, I'm either, either dunking on you or you're going to foul me. <laughs> but it's like you're coming with me or I'm scoring. And if you could get the rest of the team with you, then maybe you could bring me down. But if not, it, don't even bother. And, uh, I mean, this wasn't his best rushing outing, but still. Crazy, crazy season so far for Derrick Henry. This is a, If I had an MVP vote, that's who it would be going to. I I agree. I mean, this guy is just doing on the the distance between him and all other running backs is greater yeah. than every single other position in the league. So Derrick Henry to Nick Chubb is like the distance between Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry is further than the distance between Nick Chubb and like the twenty seventh best running back. Yeah. It's just, it's just so wild what he's doing. And if there's anybody that means more to an NFL team right now, point him, point him to me. Because yeah. I don't think there is one. Exactly. And that, that's, that is the, MVP. The, most, the most valuable player. The most valuable player to their team. Yep. Derrick Henry. It would be very surprising if he doesn't. I, I know it's only we're only through seven weeks. But, I mean, come on. This guy is incredible. Yeah. It's another, another guy that looked pretty good. A.J. Brown. Yep, he's back. Eight catches, 133 yards. He was working the sidelines all day. Got himself a touchdown. Uh, Ryan Tannehill. I think he has my favorite celebration when he runs in. He does a little finger roll. Yep. That's clean. That's nice. Uh, and then I don't know. On the other side, the Chiefs just... I mean, Mahomes looked like he got his neck snapped. Yeah, that didn't look good. Well, he took it like a flying knee. It was by a 300-pound <laughs> nose tackle. Yeah. Know. Yeah, he left the game. Yeah, apparently, he cleared concussion protocol, but they did not want to put him back in. They're like, Chad, go ahead. <laughs> you go take a few out there. Uh, this Chiefs team is now three and four. Yeet. Same record yeah. as the Carolina Panthers and, and the Denver, the Denver Broncos. Broncos. Big yikes. And we get yeah. the Chiefs and the Giants next Monday night. Oof. <laughs> That's good. Well, we'll stop hearing how much the Chiefs suck after that, I think. I I hope so. Last thing because we need is Dan Jones putting on a <laughs> clinic against the Chiefs. The two guys that both got knocked out <laughs> in NFL <Yeah>. games, <laughs> back-to-back weeks. 
And then they're like, are they good? <laughs> yeah, good. Right. He's they, good. You, you know, you know the, the video of the guy that, like, kind of lightly taps the people on the way into the event? You know? <laughs> he's like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> That's the concussion protocol. <laughs> he's like, yeah, uh, good. yep, he's good. Go ahead. Or, or they, it's it's what they do in the boxing movies where the guy is holding the back of his head. He's, how many fingers? And he's tapping the back of his head. Yeah. So he yep. knows how many fingers he's holding. Up. They did that to, uh, to Devontae Adams, too, that <laughs> that San Francisco oh. game. When, he was when his eyes asleep. rolled into the back of his head. <laughs> he was asleep on the foul. We got to take him in for custom protocol. And then he made the two biggest catches of the game. <laughs> it was just fine. It was, it was Wait, fine. Kansas City, we, we hit the panic button on him like two weeks ago <laughs> and it's only yep. gotten worse since then i mean everybody just rushes for and sits back with eight people in coverage and it works <laughs> they just keep Mahomes yeah. from running around and they're good there's there's really not another person that's gonna hurt you outside of kelsey and tyree it, kill it's really just tyreek that makes this offense so nuclear because, like, Kelsey, it could be death by a thousand paper cuts, but if you bracket him on the inside and then you just cover up the deep stuff from Tyreek, it seems like that's just working for everybody. But, like, last year, in years in the past, you're seeing guys like Demarcus Robinson yeah, true. getting loose and getting, like, these huge plays down the field. Even Pringle, I Harden, mean, Harden, yeah. all three of them are, like, the same, like, yeah, type same of threat. receiver and it's just like i don't know offense just they ain't Not got working. it i mean you've seen it eventually the run ends yeah you know they had two super bowl runs and they made it uh they lost in the afc championship game to the patriots yep you know, three years ago before they made the Super Bowl. So it's like... It's kind of like what happened... With sometimes you need that year yeah. in between. Like the Warriors last year. It, exactly. Yeah, take that 100%. year off. In the 2020 season. Yeah. Get your young guys some work. Yep. Get them some experience. Hey, Nick Bolt. Yeah. He's... That boy's nice. I think he had like 15 yeah, I mean, one of the bright spots what on they that need. defense. Because their their linebackers are bad. And that's why they drafted yeah. him. So he looks like he's making a positive difference. Went and checked the wire. No, not available in either league, <laughs> unfortunately. Nope. But and then you got Chris Jones got hurt. Yeah, again. that's to see. He's kind of the heartbeat of their defense. It's kind of like Akeem Hicks on the Bears, where if Akeem Hicks goes down, that whole defense suffers. And then if mm-hmm. Chris Jones goes down, there's just not another D lineman worth. That rostering <laughs> on that yeah. team. I mean, I, it, if unless Frank, Cl- I mean, Cleo unless Mack. Frank Clark is still there. I'm just saying on the Chiefs. Yeah, oh, yeah, on the Chiefs. If, yeah. If uh, Chris Jones goes down, I don't know another guy that I like on that D line. You got to get real creative. <laughs> bringing you know corners in off yep. the edge. Tyron Matthew. Different zone schemes. Exactly. Yeah, not not many playmakers on that defense, and now it's boiling over to the offense, and it is, it's rough in KC. These sure days. is. We got 
another wonderful National Tight End Day appearance by the one and only Foster Morrow filling in for Darren Waller, who sat out with an ankle injury. The Las Vegas Raiders win 33-22 against the Philadelphia Eagles, who, as we mentioned, traded Joe Flacco to the Jets for a conditional pick. Uh, this game was 30-7 to early in the fourth quarter. A lot of garbage time for the Eagles. Uh, like I said, Morrow, six catches, 60 yards, one touchdown. I picked him up in every league that I had Waller, and I started him without even batting an eye. This guy is fantastic when he's on the field and has the opportunity. Basically the same build and skill set as Waller uh, does Morrow have. So Yeah, I... If Waller ever leaves this team, I mean, he's going <laughs> to slot right into that tight end one. Yeah, everybody on the, like, Vegas staff, all the players and, like, the beat writers all are like, yeah, Foster Moreau, he's he's a monster. Like, if we didn't have Darren Waller here, this guy would be just as good, like, probably a step below, but he would be producing pretty much the same amount. And then you see it here, it's Darren Waller, who co-founded National Tight End Day with George Kittle and Travis Kelsey unfortunately has to sit out with an ankle injury on national tight end day. Uh, but Foss Moreau steps in and he says, Hey, I got you big bro. I'll, <laughs> I'll take over and get six for six for six yards and a tud. I mean, looked good. And then his counterpart on the other side, Dallas Goddard finally free of Zach Ertz. Didn't do a whole lot yep. because Jalen hurts is not that good, but, Ended up with three catches, he, 70 well, yards on those three catches, which is huge, and then a two-point conversion. So I guess what you're looking for out of a tight end gets 10-plus, but not really what you want now that Ertz is finally gone and he's free to kind of be the guy there. Hurts just – it's look at first look or first read, not there. Well – <laughs> start running yep. <laughs> he does it every single play he doesn't scan the field he can have a fine pocket and he will go out of his way to get out of the pocket and, and take off instead of just continuing to survey the rest of the field he doesn't let routes you know work their way he's not looking for a guy to get open in another window I, I can't see him, you know, being around for very long. Well, they have three firsts next year, and they're all projected to be very high. So if they don't go after a corral or a picket or uh, any of these guys, Wilkins, I mean, there's there's a couple guys at the top here, and a lot of people are kind of discounting this quarterback class, but – I, I would like to have a guy that is going to spread the rock around to all these playmakers that they've been drafting early. They've been drafting these guys early. Devontae Smith is a first-round pick. Jalen Rager is a first-round pick. And he's starting to yeah. look. The I touchdown mean, he had. You, they just got to yeah, give him the, the ball The touchdown more. he had was really nice. And then Miles Sanders is really good when he has the ball in his hands. Kenneth Gainwell who is going to be the waiver wire ad of the week because Miles Sanders is week-to-week with an ankle injury. But he looks really good in the passing game. 
but why would you check down to him when you could just run for 12 yards, you know? So, yeah, uh, Hurts, I mean, he's not making anybody better. He His fantasy scores are always going to be nice. He's going to have, like, 25 because of the rushing floor. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, they hopefully they, they go after a quarterback. They could package those and get the first pick pretty easily. I mean, hopefully. I'm crossing my fingers. I guess it was reported that they wanted Watson to, they were in the sweepstakes, and Watson was like, well, I don't yeah. want to go to Philly. Yeah, because he's got his no-trade clause. There were there were also some rumblings of Russell Wilson maybe landing if he does seek out the trade. I mean, can't see him also wanting to go to Philly. Yeah but he would be a good guy <laughs> with this talent around yeah. him. So, I mean, I feel like I'd still rather know. be in Seattle with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. <laughs> but their defense is awful. Know, you know, this, but Russ could be, you know, just looking for a little, a little something different. He said he wanted to you know? be in a major metropolitan area. I don't know if Philadelphia really counts for that. I think he was thinking more Chicago, no, no. Los Angeles, New York, Miami, but uh, maybe maybe he'll make the exception for the nation's first capital. <laughs> uh, I doubt it. But you know, speaking of you know teams with draft picks, and one team that's looking like they might get the first draft pick, the Detroit Lions. In the, the Jared Goff revenge game, <laughs> this is the Matt Stafford Los revenge Angeles. game. This is not the Jared Goff revenge game. Well, uh, Dan Campbell did everything. <laughs> everything. He tried everything, and they were successful. Yeah. I mean, two fake punts, a surprise onside kick, all successful. <laughs> jumped out to a 10-0 lead in the first, and then by. By halftime, they were down 17 to 16. Uh, at, at one point, they showed a graphic of Goff and Stafford, and it was downfield throws of 20 yards or more. And it was Goff, 0 for 1, Stafford, 3 for 7. And they're like, that's what Sean McVay <laughs> wanted, and that's why Jared Goff is no longer yep. here. I guess there's stories coming out about how weird it was between Goff and McVeigh, how Goff wasn't answering his calls and how they like seen each other in a restaurant after the trade. (laughs) It was, it was was cordial, but with Goff comes a lot of short passes. And what short passes do is they help out Deandre Swift who was the RB1 on the week, 13 carries, 48 yards, and then eight receptions, 96 yards, and a touchdown. He broke a screen for a massive touchdown. That was their first touchdown on the day. And when this guy is healthy, he is Alvin Kamara. incredible. <laughs> when he's he healthy. I mean, <laughs> with the receiving work, He's the yeah. he's the number two <laughs> PPR <laughs> the running back. 
Yeah. I mean, he leads the league in receiving yards at yeah. running back yeah, already. That's what I'm saying. This year. Like, it sounds crazy to say it, but, like, it's just true. The production is just there because they're down in every game, and Jared Goff just checks it down to him. He had 10 targets and eight catches. <laughs> like, he just he gets to work, and he's putting up these crazy stat lines. He's good for at least 15 to 20 points. I mean, he had one dud week where he left early, but – and that's the one thing you got to worry about with him is that he's a little banged up. Mm-hmm. But when he plays, this guy is good. And, like, this is something that they could have done last year. They could have did this last year when they had yeah. Stafford. And that offense would have been way better. And if Kenny Galladay would have stayed healthy, who knows? Maybe Stafford's still in Detroit. But instead, he is in yeah. L.A. Being the QB one on the week, throwing to the wide receiver one on the week, in Cooper Cup, Stafford, twenty-eight for forty-one, three hundred thirty-four yards, three touchdowns, and a two-point conversion. Cooper Cup, ten catches, hundred fifty-six yards, two touchdowns. He is the overall one through seven weeks in PPR. Uh, Robert Woods. Six for six, 70 yards, had a two-point conversion. Uh, Van Jefferson finds the end zone again for his third touchdown on the season. This Rams offense is a just a complete wagon yeah. of an offense. Cooper Cup is doing what Derrick Henry is doing at the running back position, at the wide receiver position. He has had 108 yards, 163 96, 64 in his worst game, 92, 130, and now 156. These numbers are Randy Moss numbers, and I'm not exaggerating. Like, Cooper Cup being a, like, scrawny white guy (laughs) makes it look not that impressive, but God damn this dude he's just always wide open he everywhere has four 30 point games he has three 35 point games i mean he's finding the end zone more often than he ever has in his career but he doesn't even have to like if he didn't find the end zone he would still be putting up stupid numbers the plays McVay is drawing up at the goal line. Yeah, it's like like he's making it just so easy. He's wide open on all. None of these catches are yeah. contested yeah. catches. He's wide open in the flat. He's wide open running a slant across the middle, a deep corner route, and he had five yards yeah. on the guy. <laughs> well, it's Detroit. <laughs> Detroit secondary, but still, even yeah, every other game, every, he's this yeah. open. He's just wide open all the time. These schemes are getting him open, and Robert Woods finally had a good game while Cooper Cup had a good game. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's like he's having a historically great season on a historic that like it's not a historically great offense, but these two have. Uh, 
mind meld chemistry in the first year together that I don't think anybody could have saw coming because the it's it's just ridiculous. This guy just slots in and you could have probably got him in the sixth, seventh, eighth round of redraft where it's like people are fading him and like drafting Robert Woods over him. And then you get this guy and you could pair him with somebody like DeAndre Hopkins or whoever else yeah. is a wider Devontae Adams. Like, if you got someone late in the yeah. first round. And yeah. you could just like be getting wide receiver one production out of two different guys and then have DeAndre Swift on your team. I mean, I would like to see a redraft of like the perfect team like at each ADP because it, it's yeah. got to be so much different than what it was at the beginning of the season. But this... Uh, this game probably won people this game between Swift, Stafford, and Cup, yeah. this won someone a million dollars in DFS. I haven't I haven't played the million maker since week two. But when you have the RB one, the QB one, and the wide receiver one in a mm-hmm. single game, that's especially on opposite teams, that's how you want to construct that lineup. You want quarterback with a pass catcher and then a run back as the best player on the opposite team. If you stacked this game, you won a yeah. lot of money. <laughs> it's it's as simple yeah. as that. Oops. Cooper Cup at this point is as reliable, if not more reliable, than Chris McCaffrey. And that's crazy. And all it took was Matt yeah. Stafford. Mm. And I traded him. <laughs> Yes, you did. And for that, I thank you. Anyway. (laughs) Another guy that has been incredible and continues to be incredible. Kyler Murray was just dropping BBs on this Houston secondary. Houston, what is it, five? (laughs) Not often you see a five spot. Five to three, and I was like, ooh. And then they just never got past five. (laughs) Yeah, they, uh, uh, the best player on Houston was their punter. He had two just beautiful punts, and that the one was the one that led to the safety. He he dropped it. <laughs> A ball hair yeah. from the Bahor goal line. Quest did that with one too. But not yeah. to take away from this. So I'm sh- just, just shout out shout out to the punters. Yes. Don't get enough but, love. Uh, you know it was National Tight End Day. And Zach Ertz, first game with Arizona. Ooh, three catches, six, six yards, touchdown. I mean, Kyler Murray, he he does the things you don't want a quarterback to do. Run backwards <laughs> and then throw the ball all the way across his body and across Back the field. Th- th- thank God DeAndre Hopkins is just incredible. And I, I think... I don't know if they do yards after contact with wide receivers, but between him and A.J. Brown, they got to be the top two because DeAndre Hopkins doesn't get tackled. It's true. And when he's going down, he, he stretches every single time. He'll stretch the ball out with one arm and get an extra yard and a half. Just absolutely incredible. Everybody yeah. got involved again. James Conner. Looks, yeah, he, he really does. good. I ain't gonna lie, 
he looks he looks pretty good well, running the ball. When he's not being used as like a bell cow like he was in Pittsburgh, and he split snaps with Chase Edmonds, he, he looks like he's fresh because his legs were just kind of yeah. always shot. It seemed like when he was in Pittsburgh, but now it's like he's always fresh all the time, and he gets in that red zone, gets in that work, and punches them in. Arizona has the top two uh, wide receivers in terms of catch percentage with Christian Kirk and Rondale Moore. The Christian Kirk is number one in catches per target, and Rondale Moore is number two, or vice versa. But either way, this offense is ridiculous. <laughs> just up and down the roster, and now they add Zach Ertz, who's just another athletic playmaker. I mean, it's it's gross, the embarrassment of riches in Arizona right now. Yeah, could be a long yeah. night for the Green Bay Packers on Thursday. I can I'm see Chan and Sullivan chasing it. around a lot of people that have the ball. <laughs> and then on the other side, uh, Davis Mills, 23 for 32 for 135 yards. Uh, abysmal. That is worse <laughs> yeah. than Jared Goff. That is, uh, that is five yards an that attempt. That's disgusting. Jesus. No wonder why. They only scored five Yeah, they points. need Tyrod back in the worst way. Apparently he's going to be practicing this week, which is a good sign because they looked frisky with yeah. Tyrod in, but with Davis, Davis in, it's not looking It's great. true. But he's not the only rookie quarterback that did not look great. <laughs> because that boy Justin Fields had yeah. a rough one <clears throat> in yeah. Tampa Bay. <laughs> Bears go down 3-38. to 38. No Gronk, no AB, no problem. Uh, TB12 gets a 600. Passing touchdown, Mike Evans threw it into the stands. He didn't really care because he was on his way to a 30-bomb. He knew he was going to have three of them on the day. And I guess the equipment manager was yep. over there bartering with the guy for, like, two minutes. He and did. he got a haul. Two signed jerseys and a helmet from Tom. A signed Mike Evans jersey and his game-worn cleats. A 1K credit to the Bucks team store. And two season tickets for the rest of the year. Yeah. And all of next year. That's so I saw this and I was like, this guy could have sold that football for like five hundred thousand dollars. Just right back to him. But <laughs> sold it right back to this Tom. The, the stuff that he got is could end up just being worth more because he can say <laughs> from the six hundredth touchdown pass. Hall, <laughs> yeah. I got this and package. So yeah. that has its own value <laughs> on its own. But yeah, this is a a awful game from the Bears. I mean, there were people talking about, oh, well, Justin Fields. They they have no D backs, so he'll at least be able to throw the ball in this game. But their right tackle was their fifth string right tackle. Off the, sh- off the street. And then he got benched. <laughs> because their fourth string right tackle was like, I don't think I can go today. Because he was was a little was injured. 
So just let, hung fields out to dry. He made some bad decisions. He threw a pick because the guy in the headset told him that it was a free play. They're like, yeah, oh, he's got 12 men. Yep. Quick snap, quick snap. And so he snapped it, and then he threw one up, and I'm sure Allen Robinson probably stopped running his route, and then he threw an interception. I mean, Allen Robinson has also been awful this year. He is last in separation. Uh, You know who's second to last in separation? Jamar Chase, and he's uh, making it work. But Allen Robinson not making it work. Two receptions, 16 yards. Looks a lot like all of his other game logs this year. Darnell Mooney, <laughs> the number one receiver on this, <laughs> the tallest of the midgets. Uh, Cole Komet <laughs> was the most potent pass catcher on the team. National tight end day, baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Bears, Bears <laughs> are not doing much to help Justin Fields. Bucks looked like the Bucks. I mean, Leonard Fournette is a top 10 running back. <laughs> a top 10 running back. Uh, and then Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I love it when these two guys just get to cook because AB and Gronk yeah. are messing up the court duo from the Jameis days. They've been through it. <laughs> they deserve this. Tom, get yep. your guys out of here. Let, let the dynamic duo cook because it's beautiful when it does. Mike Evans, 6 for 76 and 3 tuds. Godwin, 8 for 111 and 1 touchdown. So, yeah. Bucks dog-walked them. The pass rush looked dominant. They were just swatting at the ball to try to get Justin Fields to fumble. It worked more often than not. I mean, they had 4 sacks, 3 forced fumbles, 2 fumble recoveries, and 3 picks. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Absolutely brutal. Yeah, Mooney and A-Rob had uh, half as many tackles <laughs> as they had receptions. Uh, the bright spot, Cleo Herbert, something that really is unheard of against this Tampa Bay defense, rushes for 100 yards. Uh, he had five catches for 33 yards, a cool 18.3 PPR points. Uh, still filling in for Montgomery. Damian Williams got activated from COVID reserve list on Saturday. Uh, but his touches were very minimal with him coming back. And uh, I guess Matt Nagy also tested positive for COVID. So we'll see how uh, this team responds with Nagy not at the helm and what that could bring about. They should have Matt Nagy not at the helm permanently. (laughs) Would be kind of bogus to be like... We heard you coughing, bro. Just don't come back. You can... You can stay home <laughs> for good. Head coach Laser. <laughs> no, oh, did you at. see the list of coaches that are apparently being rumored uh, to be like on people's radars right now? I oh, it's a good list. No, I gotta, gotta share this one with you. Uh, <laughs> Brian Dayball, it. Vance Joseph. <laughs> Nathaniel Hackett and Dan Quinn. Names with a lot of traction around the league for head coaching vacancies. You know who should be is Kellen Moore, Eric the Enemy, maybe? I mean I think Kellen Moore would I, he should honestly just take over for McCarthy. 
I think that would be yeah, you know, beneficiary for the Cowboys all around. McCarthy's McCarthy's kind of like yeah. the puppet, you know, he's just the face. You know, so when bad things happen, they can yeah, shit on him. This is this is a. But, uh, it, I just I don't understand why people aren't kicking the tires on good uh, coordinators instead of guys <laughs> that have already been bad head coaches. Like it's Joseph. Dan <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh yeah, their defense oh, looks man. good. Let me hire you as my head coach. No, just let them be defense coordinators over there. Oh. You tried the head coach thing; it didn't work. That's why they got fired. Dan Quinn got fired like one and a half years ago. <laughs> I don't think it's been a full <laughs> yeah. calendar year since Dan Quinn got fired. It was, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, pretty come close. On. Pretty close. What are we doing? And Vance <laughs> Joseph, like. He was awful at game management with the Chargers, and now he's getting traction because the Cardinals' defense is fast? I don't understand. <laughs> Has athletes? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, they have Isaiah Simmons and Buda Baker and a bunch of – and Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt that are playing like they're in their prime again. Like, Vance Joseph, that's our guy. <laughs> <laughs> If Vance Joseph was good enough to be a head coach, he'd probably be the head coach of the Cardinals. <laughs> oh, anyway, sorry, little rant. Well, speaking of head coaches, uh, I hate Kyle Shanahan, <laughs> and uh, he coaches the 49ers, who lost at home in the what we'll call that atmospheric river game <laughs> between the Colts. And the 49ers, uh, the game was sloppy. The game was ugly. Uh, Jonathan Taylor still doesn't get enough touches. For some reason, Naeem Hines was running out the clock at the end of the game. Don't ask me why. Uh, Carson Wentz. Just just won't throw the ball away. He will will not just throw the ball out of bounds when a play is dead. Marcus Smart, was that your comp for him? Yes, it was. Yeah. And, uh, I was I was feeling very Marcus Smart he, vibes. He in was this in game. full do too much this game. <laughs> He's, Terry uh, Rozier is out. <laughs> <laughs> it's 2017. Terry Rozier's sitting. Kyrie's out. It's my fucking time to shine, baby. Uh, <laughs> I'm throwing shovel passes to the other team in the rain <laughs> just to see if they can catch it. <laughs> and he ran one in. He hit. Michael Pittman Jr. for some bombs. Pittman Jr. is a stud. Yeah. That boy is nice. Drew several offensive pass interference. And uh, the San Francisco 49ers, just everybody on that team just looks like they're scared of making a mistake. And that is completely due to Kyle Shanahan just being a massive dickhead. Yeah. He's supposed to be this offensive guru but doesn't have confidence in any of his guys i mean he, he shit on trey lance in his first start Ayuk looks so skittish when he's on the field like his eyes just look super wide like he's afraid that he's gonna get pulled at any second i mean they're still going away from him they prefer debo samuel to do everything and then you got 
Sherfield behind him, then Sanu, and then Ayuk. Yep. So, I... It's like, Shanahan's not had a good team in, what, four of the last five years? Has he even been there for five years? He... uh, I don't know for sure, but I know that he has a sub 500 winning per- he has a 4500 or 450 winning percentage and it's like you've got talent all around that roster yeah you can't he, won- he has one winning season you have George Kittle who is one of the best tight ends who's been hurt but still yeah not all of the last five seasons <laughs> I just I just don't think that if I was a player I wouldn't want to play for him. I, I don't want to go to my job and being worried about being yelled at for a right. s- every single mistake. And he wears this stupid hat every flat, single game. The flat brim. <laughs> and just the stuff he says, he just thinks like he's the smartest guy in the room. He's getting dogged walk in most of these games. I have a Shanahan quote for you. What, what is, is, is it gonna make me angry? Probably. I <laughs> mean, Shanahan, when asked if Garoppolo will start next week against the Chicago Bears, I would guess so. I'll watch this tape and see if guys are healthy. First of all, I have a whole team to worry about. I'm not just thinking about the quarterback. I'll evaluate everything. See where our team's at. See who gives us the best chance see what our options are but we've got a lot of things to figure out (laughs) you constantly hear how he's this guy didn't have a good didn't have a good week of practice you know yeah they keep saying that they're waiting for trey lance to have a good week of practice to to feel confident in him and it's like dude's probably freaking out yeah like, I can only imagine. This is what how I think Tua feels in Miami. Yeah. But yeah. it's like, this is every single guy on offense is probably I feeling feel, this way. I feel like Tua feels kind of free right now. Because his names are in these trade rumors. So he's probably like, fuck it. I'm just going to play. Like, if I play bad, my name's already in trade rumors. <laughs> what, what else is that going to do to me? You know? You know where he would be good? Where? The Broncos. Tua? Put Tua on the Broncos. Sure. He can do what Teddy Bridgewater is doing. Yeah, but I you agree. know what Teddy Bridgewater is. You exactly. don't know what Tua is. If you had a team and a head coaching staff and an organization behind him, you don't know what he could be yet. Very true. And, like, this last game, he is running for first downs. He's getting drilled. But yeah. he led that team down. It was the defense that couldn't over. But anyways, this true. team, 49ers yes. suck. That's a bad football yeah. team. It's true. That's bad. Uh, uh, oh, overqualified, not overqualified. Overrated head coach. It's true. And he he got the offensive genius moniker from making Matt Ryan an MVP and then implementing the Sean McVay offense onto his team. And so they used motion. Wow. Ooh. 
it's not it, it's not that cool anymore. It's not it's, a genius not thing to do anymore. Matt Lafleur, it is yeah. a staple does in it the better. Packer offense, and Sean McVay does it better. There's it's not your thing anymore, Kyle Shanahan, and your defense is dog shit now that Salah is gone, and you have no D backs. Your running back room is neat, but doesn't mean anything. I mean, Elijah Mitchell had a nice game. Shout out Elijah Mitchell. Mm-hmm. We love some Elijah Mitchell. But, yeah, the just play Trey Lance. Let him make mistakes. Let him do what Zach Wilson is doing. He's going to play better. Let him do what Jalen – he's going to beat Jalen Hurts at the worst. Yeah. Like – where is a world that Trey Lance can't do what Jalen Hurts is doing right now? And in like teams, always just because Mahomes had to sit behind Alex Smith for a year, yeah. Teams want to be like, oh, this this guy's got to sit. But none of these starting quarterbacks are going to be starting. Yeah, Alex <laughs> yeah, Smith no. was good. He was exactly. <laughs> so it was like. You still had a starting quarterback to start. It's not like they traded up to the three spot to take Trey Lance. Let him play. And it's like you could have took Mac Jones. True. <laughs> I mean, and the, he would be doing better than what Garoppolo's doing. Yeah. In this exact offense. It's true. But he wanted his own guy. His own guy he could mold. And yeah. he'll probably lose confidence in and get him to the <laughs> Looks current. like he already has. And it's just, oh, he yeah. needs a little humility. And maybe this team will play a little better. Maybe his skill position players won't be uh, so skittish on the field. I'm afraid of <laughs> trapping the ball. Yeah. Ugh. We're an we're a anti-Shanahan podcast. And a stupid hat. I hate his hat. It drives me crazy. I don't blame you. <sighs> then we have our Saints Seahawks Monday night game at halftime currently. Saints up 10 7. Um, not much to talk about. I mean, DK busted out a 82 yard touchdown. A lot of rack there. Alvin Kamara has over 100 yards receiving in the first half. Eight receptions, 109 yards, and a touchdown. Um, yeah, outside of that, not a whole lot going on. I mean, Jameis, he fumbled, picked it back up, threw a touchdown. Classic Jameis. It's raining, so, you know. Oh, makes it tough on Jameis that, to hold that ball. That's that atmospheric river working its way <laughs> around, you know. And then the old, Gino, Gino, <laughs> Gino's playing cyclone. fine. Six, six for twelve, hundred ten yards and tud. I don't, I don't hate that. He scrambled for a first down on third and ten. Go Gino. Pretty, pretty much just <laughs> Kamara <laughs> versus. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh, Tom Brady is on the Monday Night Football Club. Broadcast. They got the Manning cast on? Yeah. They had Marshawn Lynch in the first quarter. 
They could use him. Apparently, uh, he was taking shots. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I like that. Beast mode. Good for football. Good for football. Ooh, what's your heat check? Uh, My Shanahan rant was my heat check. All right. I just kind of worked it into the to the content. I like it. I like it. Uh, Dak Prescott is the best pocket passer in the NFL. He nice. I don't got anything to back it up. Hey, just eye test. Eye test I, only. Eye test. Because uh, Mac, Mac Jones is pretty, pretty good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, 19 straight completions. That's pretty good. I'm sorry. I'm just saying. A lot of Brandon Bolden. <laughs> I the. He, he hits every level, whether it's the backfield, whether it's the short, intermediate, deep. He can do everything. He has lost a step in the scramble game, but in that he has gained in the pocket passing game because he works the pocket better than he has or ha- ever has. He's not nervous around his feet like I expected him to be, and he just fires it. He, Twist them hips. You see him warming up before the game. Twist them hips, and he fires that bad boy out there. And then he can put the touch on it. He can make every single throw. I know that uh, he had a bye this week, so we didn't get to watch the beautiful Cowboys offense at work. But, yeah, Dak Prescott, that boy fucking nice. Well, for a ten or a 12-game slate, we uh, went pretty in-depth. Yeah. I, I expected this one to be short because there's a lot of bad games, but it sounded like a lot of ranting going on, letting our feelings be heard. <laughs> well, we also had to celebrate National Tight End Day. It's true. So we had to make sure we got we got all those in. But that is all for this edition of the Fire Starters podcast. You can follow us at Pod Firestarters on Twitter. You can email us questions, concerns, compliments. Hate mail. Still still send us the hate mail. We we love to hear it. We'll respond. I'm I'm not scared to fucking respond. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, I have a platform. Oh <laughs> <laughs> But we will uh, talk at you next time. Thank you for the listen. Bye bye.